you survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with the Gun Show. Anybody that would give you a gun is family. Anyone that is trying to take it away from you is your enemy. Boom, 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 boom. This is the Black Man with the Gun Show. Pro-Gun Podcast. And I'm your host, Ken Blanchard. Hey, welcome back to the episode of the Black Man with the Gun Show. This week, I'm calling all black men and women with guns. I'm saying it's time. I got a special invitation for you. As we celebrate the 53rd anniversary of the March on Washington. It's going to be heavy. But I'm calling you to stick around and hear what your brother from another mother is about to put down. After John Wayne leaves us in the Pledge of Allegiance, I'm going to let you know this time. Time for a family reunion. Time to make plans. Time for unity. Time to make some big things happen. And if you're down for it, let's get this thing going. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now that intro is a little different, huh? I'm hoping that you're doing okay. I have been inundated with a whole bunch of positive stuff over the last couple of days. My name has been rolling around like the clouds. And that's a good thing. Your buddy is back. Folks want to make some stuff happen and I want to invite you to be a part of it. As we roll on, it's close to Labor Day. Another fall season approaches us. Life is moving on. It's Labor Day, back to school season, the time of the year when the grasshoppers and the cicadas are back. The weather is getting a little cooler and it's the season when every day a person of color chooses to be pro-gun. Yeah, Pew Research says over the past two years, blacks' views on this measure have changed dramatically, quoting, currently 54% of blacks say gun ownership does more to protect people than endanger personal safety, nearly double the percentage saying this in December of 2012, up 29%. I'm saying it's time to come together, time to unite. Our civil rights era is over, but we haven't done anything. What have you done? We're not achieved, we're not, we have not achieved as much as we think. Things are not as bad as they were, but in the gun rights movement, we are still segregated, divided, and not as strong as we could be. At the same time, we have groups, organizations reaching out to us to help us. And I'm the figurative us, the U.S., the United States, us, all Americans. But we shut the door in their face. The Second Amendment Foundation, the NRA, 2AO, a new group, Cato, GeorgiaCarry.org, Maryland Shall Issue, Virginia Citizens Defense League, Arizona Citizens Defense League. And the question I get all the time, because I'm talking to these folks all the time, how do we get more African-Americans to join us in the fight? You think it would be easy, right? Since all the gun control laws in this country have been created to prevent people like me from having a firearm, we should be number one fighting against it. But we're not. We're way, way, way in the back of the room. Just chilling, listening, doing our thing. I don't need a Pew Research 
to know that there are a lot of us now that it was 20 years ago when I first started. There's a Hank and a Lola Strange now. There's Argo J now. There's Coleon Noir now. There's a Black Gun Owners Forums. There is the 10th Cavalry Gun Club of Maryland. There's the armed black movement on IG. There's Rick Ector dominating in Detroit. There's urban sharpshooters here in Maryland. There's the National African American Gun Association out of Georgia. And there's individual gun owners that I see, hear, and watch in St. Louis, Arizona, Texas, New York City, Louisiana, Ohio, New Jersey, Florida, Pennsylvania, and Chicago. Groups like the NAAGA.co, Urban Outfitters, the African American Gun Club on Facebook, the Dory Miller Club up in New York, the Huey P. Newton Gun Club, Legally Armed in Detroit, African American Hunting Association, Academic Angler, the Black Wolf Hunting Club, the Rod Benders Bass Club, Journey Outdoors, Buffalo Soldier Gun Club. Mm-hmm. How about the African American Outdoor Sports Association? BlackGunOwners.org. CaliberTrainingGroup.com. The New Jersey Firearms.com. Even Bubba's Gun Sales. You know, back in 1963, I was in a crowd as a small child near the Lincoln Memorial after the wash, the March on Washington. Not quite sure how old I was, but I do remember it. It was hot, but it was normal. It was a time when nobody had air conditioning in cars and in their house. Actually, we just opened the windows, so we kind of used to everybody sweating. But there was a sea of people all around. I remember my stepfather picking me up and putting me on his shoulders, something that I would mimic 30 years later with my own son. I remember the smell of Viceroy cigarettes and new Nile hair grease in my nose as he held me up with his big leathery hands. I remember people were applauding and the mood was festive. It was a happy time. I still have a button that my dad bought me for $1, which he made a big fuss about at the time, that it was way too expensive for a button, a dollar. And in a few years from then, I would run home in terror after being dismissed early from elementary school because of the rioting that took place in Washington, D.C. after they shot Reverend King. They. They turned out to be that one person. But the conspiracy theory began. And I was introduced to racism. Martin Luther King had a dream speech, August 28, 1963. And in his dream, in his speech, he expected us to go a lot further than we have. I want you to check it out for a minute before I finish what I'm saying.
this time I have the honor to present to you the moral leader of our nation. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination. 100 years later, the Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty in the midst of a vast ocean of material prosperity. 100 years later, the, the Negro is still languished in the corners of American society and finds himself in exile in his own land. And so we've come here today to dramatize a shameful condition. In a sense, we've come to our nation's capital to cash a check. When the architects of our republic wrote the magnificent words of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, they were signing a promissory note to which every American was to fall heir. This note was a promise that all men, yes, black men as well as white men, would be guaranteed the unalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It is obvious today that America has defaulted on this promissory note insofar as her citizens of color are concerned. Instead of honoring this sacred obligation, America has given the Negro people a bad check, a check which has come back marked insufficient funds. believe that the bank of justice is bankrupt. 
We refuse to believe that there are insufficient funds in the great vaults of opportunity of this nation. So we've come to cash this check, a check that will give us upon demand the riches of freedom and the security of justice. We have also come to this hallowed spot to remind America of the fierce urgency of now. This is no time to engage in the luxury of cooling off or to take the tranquilizing drug of gradualism. Now is the time to make real the promises of democracy. Now is the time to rise from the dark and desolate valley of segregation to the sunlit path of racial justice. Now is the time to lift our nation from the quicksands of racial injustice to the solid rock of brotherhood. Now is the time make justice a reality for all of God's children. It would be fatal for the nation to overlook the urgency of the moment. This sweltering summer of the Negro's legitimate discontent will not pass until that is an invigorating autumn of freedom and equality. 1963 is not an end, but a beginning. Those who hope that the Negro needed to blow off steam and will now be content will have a rude awakening if the nation returns to business as usual. nor tranquility in America until the Negro is granted his citizenship rights. The whirlwinds of revolt will continue to shake the foundations of our nation until the bright day of justice emerges. But that is something that I must say to my people who stand on the warm threshold which leads into the palace of justice in the process of gaining our rightful place we must not be guilty of wrongful deeds let us not seek to satisfy our thirst for freedom by drinking from the cup of bitterness and hatred must forever conduct our struggle on the high plane of dignity and discipline. We must not allow our creative protest to degenerate into physical violence. Again and again, we must rise to the majestic heights of meeting physical force with soul force. The marvelous new militancy which has engulfed the Negro community must not lead us to a distrust of all white people. For many of our white brothers, as evidenced by their presence here today, have come to realize that their destiny is tied up with our destiny. 
freedom. They have come to realize that their freedom is inextricably bound to our freedom. We cannot walk alone. And as we walk, we must make the pledge that we shall always march ahead. We cannot turn back. There are those who are asking the devotees of civil rights, when will you be satisfied? We can never be satisfied as long as the Negro is the victim of the unspeakable horrors of police brutality. We can never be satisfied. As long as our bodies heavy with the fatigue of travel cannot gain lodging in the motels of the highways and the hotels of the cities. We cannot be satisfied as long as the Negro's basic mobility is from a smaller ghetto to a larger one. We can never be satisfied as long as our children are stripped of their selfhood and robbed of their dignity by signs stating for whites only. We cannot be satisfied as long as a Negro in Mississippi cannot vote and a Negro in New York believes he has nothing for which to vote. No, no, we are not satisfied and we will not be satisfied until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. I am not unmindful that some of you have come here out of great trials and tribulations. Some of you have come fresh from narrow jail cells. Some of you have come from areas where your quest for freedom left you battered by the storms of persecution and staggered by the winds of police brutality. You have been the veterans of creative suffering. Continue to work with the faith that unearned suffering is redemptive. Go back to Mississippi. Go back to Alabama. Go back to South Carolina. Go back to Georgia. Go back to Louisiana. Go back to the slums and ghettos of our northern cities. Knowing that somehow this situation can and will be changed. Let us not wallow in the valley of despair. I say to you today, my friend, (laughs) so even though we face the difficulties of today and tomorrow, I still have a dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal.
a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racist, with its governor, having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. Yeah. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee sweet land of liberty of thee i sing land where my fathers died land of the pilgrim's pride from every mountainside let freedom ring and if america is to be a great nation this must become true and so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of new hampshire let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and when this happens, and when we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, 
We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last, free at last, thank God Almighty, we are free at last. I have a dream. It's a dream I began in 1991. I called it African American Arms and Instruction. Still working at the CIA. I wanted to be the go-to guy in our community. The one that made it safe to be a gun owner. I took a couple of turns because I had to change, I had to adapt, I had to overcome some struggle. With people who didn't understand about the right to keep and bear arms, I had to inform and educate before I could be able to teach and benefit from it. What I'm asking for today is unity, single-minded focus in regards to the gun rights movement. I would like for all the groups, leaders, and individuals that I mentioned earlier to come together and change the dynamic of the pro-gun community. Is it time for us to come together as a people? a united people against a common enemy, and an enemy has nothing to do with your color anymore. Anybody that would give you a gun is family. Anyone that would take it away from you is your enemy. I submit to you that our political system is busted. Career politicians cannot be trusted. The gun is more than a mechanical device that can launch projectiles for defense or recreation. It is a symbol of freedom. Still, free men own guns. Slaves cannot. The gun is essential to rights of an individual because countries where the people are subjugated or ruled by one or more will not allow it. Claiming it for the social good to control people. That's what gun control really is. It's a source of power. And they use it to protect themselves from being deposed. We have the opportunity to change things. For 25 years, I've been a gun rights activist, a firearms instructor. I've seen folks come and go. I proposed things that I thought would help our cities, your community, and for the most part, I got nothing. No support. No support from churches, no support from black media outlets. But I believe it's time. If you do too, tell me so. Send me an email to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com right now. There's a group that would like to host this conference for us so that we can meet, greet, plan, and focus. The plan is to meet in Cleveland, Ohio in mid-October sometime. I know, right? Why Ohio? Well, it was my choice. What was considered the central point for most of the urban places in this, in this country is equally distant for the East Coasters and the Midwesterners. It's a six-hour ride for me. Let me tell you about America. It was built on capitalism. It was built on power. It's no different than any other nation in that whomever assumed power had to back it up the cheap and easy way to discriminate against a group of people was using color. You put somebody down to lift somebody up. It's an old principle. It still works. This time, it was skin, color, ethnicity, and race. In other countries, it wasn't so easy. It was wealth, bloodlines, ruling classes, caste systems, the royals, etc. The white people came from other places where they were persecuted, poor, and looking for opportunity. 
in North America, it was available. It was wide open. They flipped the script and dogged whoever didn't have lawyers, guns, or money. Stay with me. I am going somewhere with this. The slave trade was created. It was horrible. It was unbelievably cruel, immoral, and unethical. But it was believed at the time to be okay. People of color, Chinese, Native Americans, and the African especially were believed to be inferior to white men, closer to apes than human. Because of the cultures, the times, and the conditions, a race of people became like cattle. They were captured, sold, bred, and killed like animals to build fortunes, wealth, wealth, and this nation. And these people are whom I am descended from, survived, but it cost us. Those that were able to adapt to retain water and sodium in their bodies to get over the dehydration survived the Middle Passage, but passed on hypertension and stroke and sickle cell and so many other maladies. Those that survived captivity were mentally and emotionally scarred, passing down a form of Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome is a psychological phenomenon in which hostages express empathy and sympathy and have positive feelings toward their captors, sometimes to the point of defending and identifying with the captors. You have seen it before. The folks who defend gun control. When all the laws, the racist laws, created from 1613 till now, are based on keeping some group of color, Italians, African, Native American from being a gun owner. And what you have is you have modern day abolitionists, but you don't recognize them as such. White people, good people, people who are actively seeking to change the game. They have a vested interest. If we are involved, then everybody wins. The fight is easier with more. But somehow we have lost our identity, our value, our worth as people. American slavery lasted from 1619 to 1877, and the psychological and economic effects are still an issue. The America that whites celebrate is not the same that blacks honor. The good news is that we are not all stuck. The bad news is that quite a few are. Stuck in the past, stuck in poverty, stuck in politics, stuck in addictions, debt, criminal justice system, or mentally still on the plantation. But we are now all at fault. The door has been opened. There are no shackles on you. But our vision has been shortened. Our goals have been made flat. Too many of us are just surviving. There are people that know how to push these buttons too. They rip the band-aid off the wounds. They pour salt in it and put you in the spotlight so that folks can feed off and comment on your pain. There are those that hate, pull, and try to discourage us. Constantly, They are full of negativity and toxic talk, and the result, progress for all of us, is slow and silent. We haven't got to where King was trying to take us to. Sitting on my porch, thinking about the March on Washington, about that day as a baby, seeing all these people, black, white, brown, for one common good, made me think about the gun community. It's been like that too, but few see it. Why are there so few African-Americans in the shooting sport? Some of, the, some of it's just ignorance. They don't know what they don't know. Some of it's fear. They're afraid to know. They've been conditioned not to learn. 
Some of it is the Stockholm Syndrome, but most of it is self-cancellation. There's nothing worse than seeing a person with great potential to change the world even, take themselves out of the game. I bet you see it all the time too. Tiger Woods is still a big name in golf, even if he doesn't identify with being black. How many other Tigers are out there that could be an IDPA, 3-Gun, IPSC, or even the Olympic Biathlon if they only believed? The civil rights era has passed. We celebrate black history once a year. We revel in our own suffering. We know who Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is, but we don't get it. We're not supposed to still be in the same place we were in 1969. When are we going to get over color? Yeah, I said it. African-American, Americans of African descent. Gun owners, I have a question for you. You have an opportunity to enter the gun community. Actually, you have had it for a while. The door is wide open. The invitation to eat at the table has been extended What are you waiting for now? Are you tired like I am of the division in this country? Are you tired of the lies, the shade, and the side eyes? Tired of being painted as a thug, misunderstood, alienated, and feared? Don't you know that the Second Amendment applies to everybody? Yeah. It's time to check in. It's time for roll call. I am calling all black Americans of African descent, veterans in the shooting sports, hunters, paramilitary, police officers, security guards, and professionals, African-American gun clubs, activists, and shooting organizations, firearms instructors, and training to come together to meet up and let's start talking. Let's change some stuff. Let's get some stuff done. Let's change the narrative. Let's change America to live up to the true meaning of its creed. And like Martin said, With this faith, we'll be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for the freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day when all the God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, my country tis of thee, sweet land of liberty of thee I sing, land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside let freedom ring. And if America is to become a great nation, then this must be true. So let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from the Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from the lookout mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi, from every mountainside, let freedom ring. And when this happens and when we allow freedom to ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we'll be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual. You got it. Free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. If you're up for this challenge, send me that email to blackmanwiththegun at gmail.com. I'm helping the Second Amendment Foundation put something together for us by us. 
October 17-ish in the Cleveland, Ohio. More details to come. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty and a two-week try-it-free guarantee. Order your holster today at crossbreedholsters.com. Every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. Hi, this is your friend and brother from another mother, and I got a new podcast that I want to invite you to check out. It's called The Ken Blanchard Show. Some days, you have to create your own sunshine. Inspiration, enthusiasm, classic Ken Blanchard. Positive, so positive you want to be a proton. For details, go to KenBlanchardShow.com. Hi, I want to invite you to consider supporting this podcast created especially for you with a monthly donation. Every little bit helps, and with your support, our friend and brother from another mother can go on and grow this show even better. To pledge your support, go to patreon.com forward slash black man with a gun. Thank you. Uh, I got the feeling, baby. I got an opportunity to go on the air. Traditional radio. Because of this show. Because you've been listening to me since 2007. A couple of folks have said, dude, you got to get on traditional radio. The time is popping. Time is hitting. It's, It's right now. So, believe it or not, I got a new GoFundMe thing going on. GoFundMe.com forward slash black man with a gun to get me on the air. Take this podcast, not just in your earbuds, but on your car stereo. If you're in the gun community, this can be your radio station nationwide. You know to get syndicated. Imagine me promoting your gun club, your group, your event on the air. Yeah, just like that. Go to GoFundMe.com forward slash black man with a gun and help me get started. Thanks. All right. My quote for this week is, if you're not feeling every now and again, it's a sure sign that you're not trying anything very innovative. And that's from the crazy Woody Allen. Well, you've heard it. I've thrown it out there. I want to thank you for listening, downloading and subscribing to the Black Man with the Gun Show podcast, formerly known as the Urban Shooter. The show where I have made so many friends, where you have supported this show, where you've made things happen for me in my life. You've kept me going. Well, now I'm trying to stir the pot up now. If what I said resonates with you, stirs you up, makes you want to be a part of something happening, please contact me. If you don't understand what I was doing, please contact me. I'll make it easier to be known. And just in case nobody's told you this this week, I love you. There's not a darn thing you can do about it. 
All right, this concludes another week of us being together. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me at blackmanwithagun.com and all my sites on blanchardmediagroup.com. Until next week, shalom, baby. Shalom.